Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Um, in a couple minutes, Kyle Quinn and I will go through our Week Six NFL recap, which is always uh, uh, always fun. Um, so, Kyle, you weren't you weren't sleeping through a lot of day on Sunday, right? I was not. You no, can, uh, think... you, you'll you'll uh, have some info for me on yeah, the recap. Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll be able to uh, get nice. some stuff going. All right, nice. So, uh, me and Kyle will go through uh, the games in a few minutes. Let you know what happened all around the league. Obviously, been talking about the Eagles most of the night. They fall to the Ravens 30-28. to um, I guess if you had the Eagles plus 9.5, nice little backdoor cover there. Um, I did pick them to cover on the air. I I, I I did not place a wager. I don't I don't wager on Eagles games, Kyle. Too I, much riding I, on it already. Yeah, I, I don't either. And, I mean, now they're like – I mean, I guess if you're going to do it, now's the time to do it because they're like plus 300 in every game that they're in. So right. if they sneak out a win, then you can triple your money. What do you think the line is on Thursday night – between a beat-up Eagles team and a bad New York Giant team. What I saw was that the Eagles are favored by five and a half. Really? I, yeah. That's high. It is really high. Yeah. I. That's going to move. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm maybe. Su- I don't know. I'm sorry, I mean, the Giants are pretty bad. It's, yeah, but it's anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. And they they won in pretty uh, funny fashion uh, between <laughs> the, the Giants and the Washington football team. Yes. Um, so we'll get, we'll get to that. In a minute, when we do the week six recap, first let's go back to the phone. Let's go to Keith in Westchester. What's up, Keith? Hey, good morning. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, what I want to talk about was Doug Peterson's going for it on fourth down as much as he does. You take the points off the board that yesterday, instead of throwing to Miles Sanders for a drop, you kick the field goal, you get out of there at a one point win. Yeah, I mean, I, you look at it that way, Keith. I, I get it, and. Obviously, things could happen a lot differently based on what happens earlier. I I didn't have a problem going for the fourth down there. Fourth and inches, usually the Eagles will pick that up. Wentz is usually automatic on the sneaks. Um, I didn't have a problem going for it there. Uh, in that case, then you go for the sneak. Don't go for the home run ball. You, all you need is inches. Why are you going yards? Well, no. Well, that's the thing. They the the, the play to Sanders that was on third down. Then they went for a sneak. They didn't get it on fourth. Uh, okay, I must have missed yeah. up my place. No, and it was, hey, I, it, yeah, it wasn't a great sneak, unfortunately. And speaking of Miles Sanders, isn't it great to have Big Ten football back? Uh, hey, it should be um fun to watch this week, Keith, uh, with the Big Ten. I've enjoyed college football so far. Um, I'm not like a Penn State guy, so I hope Penn State loses. But 
Yeah, it'll be, it'll be nice to watch it. I agree. I'm going to throw out a we are. Uh, we are not rooting for Penn State. Appreciate the call, Keith. I, I don't. I I hate Penn State. I no. I liked them when I was a kid. Where do you stand on Penn State, Kyle? I don't. I mean, I don't have any feelings toward them, like one way or the other. But I mean, the the we are thing kind of. Uh, yeah, that well, irks me just a little bit. Well, I, I I liked Penn State when I was a kid, and then I went to college and I went to Temple, and you know, just everybody that goes to Penn State is so all about Penn State. Oh, yeah. And my my brother went to Penn State. And one of my sister-in-laws went to Penn State, and they're just so annoying with the Penn State stuff. My sister-in-law got me a a, a picture of Saquon Barkley for for Christmas one year or something. Woo-hoo. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Penn I just, State does I, nothing yeah, for it. I, I I'm not a Penn State fan. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Greg and Delco. What's up, Greg? Hey man, how you doing? CK? Good. How are you, man? Uh, you know, I'm doing, but I just wanted to make uh, three points very quick. Uh, the, the last call, I wanted to talk about Doug Peterson a little bit. You kind of brushed it off, but in that first half, when it's a three-score game, and it's not three touchdowns, okay, it's 17 nothing, and your offense has been struggling all year, you got to take three. If you think you can win that game, you're taking three right there. Do you agree? No, Greg. I mean, it's fourth and inches. Like, and, Dude, you can't fourth and points. fourth you and inches. You can't complete a two-yard pass, but you can do. Uh, what, what's the logic in that? The Eagles are like ninety percent, upwards of ninety percent on those sneaks. Like fourth and Dude, inches. I have you confidence you can pick points, that up. PK. You can't do it. You, you're having trouble doing anything and, correctly. If you want to give them a chance to win, you got to put the points in there. I, in my mind, kicking a field goal on fourth and inches at the opposing team's 19-yard line sends a bad message. That that sends does a message send, to me send, that you have zero confidence in your offense. Well, I have about zero, well, to be honest That's with fair. You. That's fair, Greg. I mean, dude, how many times was Wentz just taking a snap? At least two times he got the snap, and he's just running, retreating backwards. The line was the line was, uh, was bad today, and I think a lot of it had to do with that Jamon Brown guy. I mean, the rest of them, the rest of them have been pretty good. <laughs> I mean, the line was terrible on 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 Sunday. No I, yeah, argument. That, that was inexcusable, man. I, I I hope Driscoll's all right, but I, I, what happened with him? I don't know, it's Greg. How, how crazy is it though? How sad is it that's gotten to where our season's at? Where after week six, you're saying, "I just hope Driscoll's all right." I actually don't think he's that bad, man. To be no, he's really he really played pretty well. Yes, but I, I got one one or two more points, man. Like, we talked about that offense. You had a caller, like, two calls ago. He was like, oh, Wentz just ain't a winner. Well, what does Vic want? Yeah, I mean, I don't know where, where he's going with that, Greg. I mean, Vic but, Vic went to an NFC Championship game. I mean, he's got that Oh, terrific. Wrong. Yeah. But uh, I, I, another thing, with the, there's I don't see any kind of – I guess it's hard to be creative when you snap the ball and they're in the backfield already. But I'd like to see some screen game going on, man. I really would. What whatever happened with that? They try. I mean, they tried at least once. They had the one pl- the one double pass. I didn't like that call, but nah, the, dude, they, that they, was clunky. That was like, yeah. That's just like that takes way too long to develop. Even if you have a good offensive line, when you have a bad offensive line, that's just not going to work. But I they tried screen a couple times. Um, Baltimore was ready for it, and it just didn't work. All right, thanks, PK. Yeah. Have a good one, bro. No, appreciate it. Yeah, and yeah. well, what'd you think of that double pass, Kyle? Like, I thought Hurts did a lot of good things. 
that call, I just, I didn't like it. It was, I mean, it was the most ridiculous four yards that I've ever seen this team get. Yeah. It's like, you did, you did all that, and good job, you got four yards. Yeah. Great. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't, uh, that wasn't great, but I did think Hertz was a little, was kind of effective. We'll talk about that a little more this hour, but now it is time for our week six recap where we go around the league. Um, and we haven't really talked about any other game so far tonight. Uh, all Eagles thus far uh, after um, a, a difficult loss on Sunday. Uh, but we will start with the Eagles opponent on Thursday night. The New York Giants hosting the Washington football team. Giants win this one 20-19. And uh, Giants up late by one. Washington scores a touchdown to cut it to a one-point game, and Riverboat Ron, uh, you know, threw his chips on the table and said he's going all in, went for the two-point conversion, didn't work out, and the Washington football team loses. And this division is firmly entrenched right now. The Giants and Washington tied for third place at 1-5. The Eagles still come out of this week. Um, in in second place in the division. Yeah, just a half a game out. You know, I love when coaches just kind of get to the point in the season where they're like, you know, like sleep it. Yeah. yeah, you know, we're not gonna, we're not winning anyway. So like, I'm going for two here. Let's try and win this game. I love that stuff. Yeah. So uh, the Giants find a way to win that one. Joe Judge gets his first victory uh, after practicing in the rain this week. Because he wanted to take advantage of the elements or something, even though it wasn't supposed to rain. On did you see that story, Kyle? Yeah, he's, he's a he fool. is a weirdo. That guy is a a fool. Like uh, most of Belichick's assistants don't work, um, but especially you know this Joe Judge. I I I don't think he's going to have a a good career. Um, next we go to Tennessee. This was one of the uh, crazier games of the day. Um, Titans and Texans go to overtime. Titans end up winning it 42-36. Derrick Henry, the game-winning touchdown. Now, Kyle, I didn't see exactly what happened here. Apparently, Romeo Cronell went for a controversial two-point conversion for the Texans. Do you know what happened? That's now, I, I kind of only heard about it a little bit, too, okay. with, with Cronell. But, I mean, this, is, this game was... I mean, it's one of those games that makes you think that the overtime rules are just terrible. Did you see Deshaun Watson's reaction to the coin yeah, flip? Yeah. I mean, that tells you all you need to know right there. Well, it's better now than it used to be. When it was yeah. before, you could just kick a field goal and win. That's I didn't yeah. like that. No, it's terrible. But I think if you score a touchdown, the other team should at least get a chance to match it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm okay with it. If you go down and score a touchdown, I don't know. I think that's... I, dude, it is brutal to like... After a game that's 36-36, to 36, like that's an awesome football game. Yeah. And then it comes down to a coin flip. That stinks. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. And I'll I'll say this. I I was wrong about Ryan Tannehill. I thought yeah. I thought what he did last year was a flash in the pan. I thought Tennessee was crazy to give him the contract they gave him, but they utilize him the right way. He runs that offense well. And I mean, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but dark horse MVP candidate right now? I I mean he's yeah, no, he's he's playing his butt off. Have you seen I guess it's like in the last 14 games, he has, he has better numbers than Patrick Mahomes. Crazy. In the last 14 games. And, and I watched that whole game they played Tuesday night football against the Bills. Yeah. He looked really good. They dominated. Yeah. And Derrick Henry is a, oh my God, he's an He's animal. a monster. He is an absolute monster. Um, 
the stiff arm from on Joshua Norman. <laughs> yeah, it's just incredible. That's so good. Um, but yeah, so the, the the Titans win that one. They are now four or five and zero. Oh. Rather, and the Texans one and five. Texans, I don't think, are going back to the playoffs this year. Um, in Indianapolis, uh, the t- the Colts fell behind in this one to the Bengals twenty one nothing. They come back, win it late. Philip Rivers on the right end of one of these games again, though. Philip Rivers down late needs a score. Philip Rivers finds himself in this situation every week. Doesn't matter what team he plays on. Um, he still finds himself in this situation. This time he comes out on top. Uh, Colts beat the Bengals 31-27. Yeah, Frank Reich, he's the, uh, he's, he's the comeback master. And if you're a Bengals fan, this one hurts because, you know, you know it's a young team. You're not really expecting to win much. But, like, these are the kind of games that, like— You'd like to see them win. Yeah, right. And then, you know, they're maybe the kind of games that you look at and into next season and you're like, okay, like, you know, if we get better, these are the games we'll start winning. But who knows? And Burrow's still over 300 yards passing. Uh, uh, Burrow's the real deal. He's yeah, really he a is. good player. Yeah, and uh, it seems like him and T. Higgins are going to be pretty decent together. For yeah. A while. So the Colts uh, now four and two. The Bengals one four and one. Uh, Woo! We go to Minnesota, um, and the Falcons uh, in their first game post Dan Quinn. Um, no relation. I'm assuming. Right? No. No. Okay. Uh, they get their first win of the year in Minnesota. Man, the Vikings are a mess right now. You got to start thinking: Is Zimmer going to be on the hot seat sooner or later? This is disappointing for them. Well, they they can't start winning until they stop losing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that defense, um, man, they're terrible. They lose the Falcons forty to twenty three. Uh, both teams now one and five. Um, man, I thought the Vikings were going to be good this year. I was wrong about that. I thought so too. And I mean. Atlanta, I guess the last few weeks, Matt Ryan's been terrible, but it just shows you how much Julio Jones means to that offense. Right. And, of course, this is the week I decide to finally bench Matt Ryan. In my I dropped game. him. Great. Yeah. I dropped him. Yeah. So, uh, bounce back for the Falcons. They get their first win of the year. Next, we go to New England. One of the bigger surprises of the day here, uh, the Broncos – Beat the Patriots 18-12, to this game that had been delayed a week due to um, multiple COVID-19 tests on the Patriots' side. And uh, Broncos hold on late for the victory. Both teams now 2-3. and three. Um, Cam Newton didn't look nearly as good in this one as he did early in the year. No, all of New England, I thought, looked pretty sluggish. And, you know, I guess you can expect that because of the COVID stuff. But if there's any team that you would expect to be on point after a break like that, it's probably Belichick and the Patriots, right? Uh, Yeah, I would not want to be a uh, Patriots player this week. Oh, no. Um, Because Bill Belichick said after the game, Hopefully we can practice this week because we need it. Ooh. So uh, I don't think those practices are going to be very fun um, up in Foxborough. Uh, so Broncos get the win there. Next we go to Pittsburgh. Man, this is a predictable result. I'm I'm irritated with myself that I didn't see this one coming. I mean, I thought the Browns would lose. I didn't think it would be this decisive. But the Steelers dominate Cleveland 38-7 to the final. Um, Steelers now 5-0. and Browns four and two. Baker Mayfield pulled from this one, but he was dealing with injury issues. He was, yeah. And I've been starting to kind of ride the Browns train a little bit. I mean, how could you not after I mean all the points they've been putting up and their four and one start? And I still don't think they're that bad of a team. But I mean, I think what this showed is just how much of a juggernaut Pittsburgh really is. Yeah, Pitt- Pittsburgh's good, and I think Claypool had another big day. Yeah, he did. Yep. Um, 
So Steelers receivers, man. Yeah, so the Eagles, I mean, hey, their next four games, two against the Giants, one against the Cowboys, one against Cleveland. Chance to rip off four in a row? Not impossible. <laughs> Finally, some winnable games here. Yeah. So uh, Steelers win that one going away. In Carolina, this was one of the more surprising games of the day, um, I thought. I, I thought Carolina was going to win this game. But Nick Foles and the Bears go in. They beat the Panthers 23-16. And then after the game, Nick Foles with an impassioned um, speech uh, about his Bears team. Bad teams win with prettiness. Great teams win no matter how it takes. So I'm proud of our guys. Uh, I, I think we're continuing to improve. Are we where we want to be? No, we're not where we want to be. But I'm excited about our offense. I'm ex- excited about the guys that are there. I like the communication that's happening on the sideline. I love the passion of the players. Most important, they care, and we're bonding. We're getting to know each other. That's football. Like, you don't just go out there and play football. you got to care about the man next to you to make those plays. Man, that was a passionate Nick Foles there, Kyle. That's a Foles that I don't think I remember seeing in Philadelphia. He sounded like he was channeling his uh, inner Gabe Kapler there a little bit. Yeah, he did sound like Gabe. I'm a compassionate, competitive man. I think he's excited to finally be, you know, the guy. He's the guy now with the Bears, and hey, they're a pretty good team. They're five and one. Yeah, I'm. I'm still not totally sold on them. I thought I, I did think that Carolina was going to beat them this week, but I'm still. Five and one, still looking kind of like a paper tiger to me. Although, right now they're sitting atop that division. So yeah, they are. Um, and uh, you know, a little comeback down to earth game for Teddy Bridgewater and Carolina. Um, so the Bears win that one, twenty three sixteen. They're five and one. Panthers three and three. Next up in Jacksonville, the Lions go down to Jacksonville, beat the Jags thirty four sixteen. I didn't know what to think of this game going in because I think both these teams stink. The Jaguars are really bad, though. Um, so the Lions go down there, win 34-16. They're 2-3. and three. Jags 1-5. and five. I don't really have much else on this, Kyle. It's your who cares game of the week. I mean, no matter what happened, it doesn't really change your opinion about either team. I right. guess the only thing you could take away from it is, I guess, DeAndre Swift had a decent game. Well, yeah, you know. it, it really was. That's the one game a week that... You can watch Red Zone all day and feel like you don't see that game once. And you honestly feel betrayed when Red Zone flips to that game sometimes. Yeah. Like, what if, what if why am I watching this? Yeah, speaking of games, Red Zone was on too. And what is with the NFL? they got to schedule more 4 o'clock games. Why are they putting so many games at 1 when you only have two 4 o'clock games? Yeah, like especially in the COVID season when they're moving stuff around. you got to, the two games in the 4 o'clock slot, not only... Not only does it stink having just two, but both games were terrible. Right, and ever like I watched w- way too much Jets Dolphins on 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 Sunday. <laughs> way too much. That that's not a game I want to see. No, it's not, and it's it's almost kind of funny at the end of like Red Zone when it was just the one game. Like they, Scott Hanson's like, I don't really like know what to do. Like they, right. you just, you play a little bit of the game and you don't go to commercial. They're just like playing clips of like some post game interviews from other games or whatever. It's just right. Weird. But uh, the Dolphins uh, beat up on the Jets 24-0. The Jets, they might go 0-16. I, I really think they will. I, <laughs> it's probably in their best interest to do so. Like, it I, I'm kind of starting to think maybe that's why they're not firing Gates. That was, I mean, that that's a fantastic theory. And it's almost like, what a new low to get to where you're keeping a coach around because he gives you a better chance to tank. Yeah. <laughs> and... So and the highlight of that game was, I mean, that Joe Sack, Joe Flacco, <laughs> Joe Sacco, that Joe Flacco sack was a, a work of art 
<laughs> just of how pathetic it looked. I was watching the TV by myself, and I was literally laughing out loud. Uh, was- and you <laughs> could see it happening. He's running backwards. He's like, Joe, what are you doing, man? You're not getting away from this. Um, so Miami wins 24 nothing. Uh, they are 3-3. Three and three. The Jets 0-6. I also think it's time to maybe reassess what we thought of Joe Douglas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't no. know if Joe Douglas knows what he's doing. I'm not so sure either. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, Kyle. The Dolphins might be good. It all started with our trip to Miami. Yeah, it they, did. We, they, uh, <laughs> they beat the yeah. Eagles, then they beat the Patriots to end last year, and all of a sudden they're a good football team. I guess we could take credit for that. How yeah. about it? Ryan Fitzpatrick, man. Yeah, Fitzpatrick playing well. Tua made its debut late, uh, you know, I think through one pass. Um, so that was the uh, outcome there. Uh, Dolphins Dolphins could make the playoffs this year. I, I think there's potential. Well, there's the extra spot, so who knows? Yeah. Um, the other 4 o'clock game, the Bucks beat up on the Packers. I didn't see this one coming. I thought this was going to be a high-scoring game where both teams would put up points. Um, but Tom Brady, uh, obviously annoyed after what happened against Nick Foles and the Bears last week. Bucks beat up on the Packers 38-10. to Bucks now four and two, Packers four and one. Tom Brady, by the way, did go out to shake Aaron Rodgers' hand after the game. Yeah, well, he won. Yeah, know? I mean, oh god, I I hate that. I I didn't expect. I actually predicted the Bucks to win this game, but I didn't expect a blowout. No, I mean, those turnovers at the beginning were killer, and I guess this was the first game that the Packers had turned the ball over all season, and the floodgates just kind of opened. Yeah, there was a pick six early, and that kind of doomed Green Bay. So, uh. Bucks win that one Sunday night game, which I don't think a lot of people watched. I, I think a lot of people were watching Game Seven of uh, Dodgers and um, and uh, Braves. Yeah, well, um, that was that was a much better game. Yeah, this game was was uh, not very entertaining. But the Niners beat the Rams twenty four sixteen. Jimmy Garoppolo bounced back after a tough game last week. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, Niners now three and three. Rams four and two. Uh, not really much to add. N- not a very entertaining game. No, it wasn't. I just think maybe there's something to be made of. I know people were making excuses last last week for Garoppolo, saying like maybe his ankle's not fully healed, and right. may- maybe there there could be something to that. But other than that, I mean, just maybe a surprising loss on the Rams' end. Yeah. So uh, that 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 was the Sunday night game. Then the games tonight: um, Chiefs at Bills, a double header tonight. Chiefs at Bills is the first one. That's a great game. Chiefs giving up five and a half. What, what do you think there, Kyle? I kind of, I kind of like a Bills cover, maybe a Bills win. I would say, you know what? If the Chiefs had won last week against against the Raiders, I'd probably say that the Bills could come out and win. But I don't see them dropping two in a row. Yeah, it's just you know. I mean, I guess the Bills are a good team too, and you can say the same thing about them. But I think I would have to lean Chiefs. I don't know. I I think I would probably be with you on a Bills cover though. And then game two. This is the game we'll be interested in. Oh yeah, Cardinals at. Cowboys, um, Jerry Jones will be packing that stadium. You can be sure of that. Um, he, uh, but the uh, Cowboys are one-point one underdogs at home. Kind of a light line, kind of a Cowboys line um, when you think that the Cardinals, you figure, would be favored significantly there. Um, the over-under is 55. I, that, that seems like a way over, right? It seems like a gimme, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe they're thinking that there's a possibility that Dalton just has a really – terrible game right I gotta be honest with you I said this earlier I I don't have a good feeling about this game I don't yeah I kind of have a feeling the Cowboys are gonna win it too yeah I mean the Cardinals have you know what they lose to they lost to Carolina right and and Detroit maybe or 
Yeah. That Cowboys defense is so bad. It is really, they really bad. They are so bad. Yeah, you're right. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. If you're looking for anything to play tonight, I think the over in that game yeah, I think I'm, I is think a, I'm pretty, a pretty good bet there. Um, so, But, I don't know. It's almost like a trap. It seems too low. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes they, they put those lines out there, and you're like, come on, yeah. it seems too good to be true. And then you're like, that's why. Right, exactly. But uh, the good doubleheader on Monday night. And uh, we'll talk about it, obviously, uh, when I'm back tomorrow. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, open lines now, really for the first time tonight. We've had uh, a lot of people checking in to talk about this game. So if you want to get in, um, love to hear from you. Any aspect of this game, we've talked about the offense. um, And great comeback late. But as a whole, this team made too many mistakes in the first half. And I look at three plays that really ended up being the difference. They were, uh, these three plays shifted the game by 17 points. Carson Wentz fumble, sets the Ravens up in Eagle territory. They score a touchdown. Miles Sanders drop in the end zone. Eagles then go for a fourth down, don't get it. Seven points taken off the board. And the Jake Elliott miss kick, um, which cost the Eagles another three. And we'll talk about that when we get back because um, I'm getting worried about the kicker. And the kicking situation with this team. So we'll talk about that when we return. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. Obviously talking about um, the Eagles most of the night here. Next segment, though, I do need to mention a couple baseball topics um, just real quickly. As a Phillies coach retired, I guess, that I, I saw angst on Twitter people like upset about this I don't really understand why um but we'll, we'll get to that more next segment and also uh today is a, a special anniversary Kyle did you did you know that uh I was informed earlier on in the show uh, of a, I think this was well I not the best game I've been at ever I was at the game when the Phillies won the world I was Series. I was there too you were I wasn't at the World Series when I was at uh, the one that you're referring to now, and okay. I was also at the Victorino Grand Slam game. Oh, I was at that game too. Oh, man. I had I, I had the Sunday season plan, so we got like me and my friend had had tickets, so we got like one game in each series. Yeah, got, that's, like, that's what me and my that's what uh, me and my dad got too. That that one the CC Sabathia game, I'll never forget it. The oh, CC that was amazing. Sucks chance was. It was so where, where were you sitting at? I was at the uh, second deck and left field was where I was. At. I, actually, oh, okay. So I was like, uh, I was sort of like on the foul line, okay, but like up, up a little bit, like uh, second deck. Nice, nice. So um, this other game, it, it is the anniversary of the most exciting baseball game I've ever been at. Uh, the World Series game just doesn't count when you win championship; it just doesn't count. But this game was incredible. We'll we'll uh, let you know what this is the anniversary of uh, next segment two one five five nine two nine four nine four if you want to get in. But over the course of the night, we've addressed a lot of different aspects of this game and where it was lost and critical plays. Um, but the sequence at the end of the first half was uh, uh, just uh, a killer. And it's something that is really concerning moving forward with this team where, you know, the Eagles, after they, they failed to convert the fourth and inches after the Miles Sanders drop, um, down 17-0, get the ball back, get the midfield, and then, you know, you got to take a chance at a Hail Mary. Carson Wentz throws it up. Actually, a ball that Travis Fulgham almost came down with. Now, 
what, what, what would have been really disappointing is he almost caught that. I'm not sure if he would have come down in the end zone. He may have come down just short. That would have been devastating. Um, but doesn't catch it. Eagles benefit, though, on a roughing the passer call. That sets up, well, we have the whole scenario here. So let's just play it here. Merrill Reese with the call. Now, there's the call by Merrill Reese. Uh, and uh, appropriate tone and everything. And, I mean, I don't know about you, Kyle. I had no confidence Jake Elliott was going to make that kick. Oh, no, I knew 100% that he was not going to make that kick. Yeah. And it was partially the way the whole half had gone. It had just been, uh, you know, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. But this is really starting to become a problem now. Like, he had a miss against Washington, which hurt. Um, that could have really turned the tide of that game. I think it was tied at 17, and he missed the kick short. That, you know, kind of just kept everything snowballing out of control in that game. Obviously had a big miss last week in Pittsburgh. Long field goal, but it had plenty of distance. Kick he's got to make. And we know he can make that kick. Yeah. Well, th- um, that one in Pittsburgh, actually, I think it would have been the longest in Heinz Field history. Okay. He made that. So I'm, I'm, that, that one I don't get on him for. Uh, okay. I, I, I get it. I, I still, it had the distance. He still should Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah. He's, he's been a concern. And, you know, we've seen it kind of with the... Uh, like the chip shots the past few years, he's he's kind of struggled with a little bit, and we were like, okay, we'll deal with that because he has a massive leg and he can hit from deep. But if he can't do that, then it's like, what are you doing? Right, and then he misses this one where uh, that was a big kick at that time. And, yeah, you still would have been down uh, 17-3, but it obviously would have been points and it would have given you something to feel good about going into half. And that three points ends up being critical. You know, you, you you can't continue to give away points. And this is now three out of six games that Jake Elliott is letting this team down, missing critical kicks. Washington, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore, all these games where you need this guy to come through. And, you know, I don't think this is an overreaction because when you look at kickers, when it goes for kickers... It goes fast, and it doesn't mean that Jake Elliott's career is over, but kickers can have, like, horrible seasons where they just can't make anything, and they you can't be relied upon. And I'm starting to get worried about this. And if I was Howie Rose in the Eagles this week, I'd bring in, bring in some guys. I'd bring in some guys at least to work out, at least to show, you know, to to kick for you, see what they got, if nothing else, to maybe give Jake Elliott a little kick here. Like, this is, like, your job is not secure. And I don't know what kind of personality Jake Elliott has, how he'd respond to that kind of thing, but with kickers, they're so fickle. You know, you never know if they're going to be able to bounce back. And it's a situation I'm worried about right now. I'm not confident anytime Jake Elliott goes up to kick the ball right now. Isn't it just perfect timing now to start having kicker problems? Oh, on, yeah. Exactly. On top of all the other issues that we're having. Yeah. Like, great, yeah, we'll just add that. Like, that's a that's the thing. This team has, like you said, they have a bunch of issues right now. One of the things that you thought you could rely on was that you had a kicker you were confident in. Yeah. Not that he's going to make every single kick. Guys are going to miss from time to time. Um, but 
right now, I, I just don't feel like that's like he's a reliable player. I don't feel like you can have any sort of confidence um, when he's out there. And, you know, especially in this game, you look at the other side and you look at how valuable, like, I think Justin Tucker is, and I'm not even just saying kit one of the most underrated kickers. Over the last decade, he is one of the most underrated players in the entire NFL. Do you ever get the sense that he's going to miss a kick? Like, he kicked a 55-yarder in this game, and I, there was no doubt. Like, not, not a single doubt. No. I'm like, there's no chance he's going to miss this. That guy never misses a kick. Never. I feel like I've. I don't think I've ever seen him miss one. I don't think I have either. I mean, he is. Isn't he the most accurate kicker in NFL history now? Like with a minimum of certain, like a couple hundred attempts. Probably. I mean, I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise no, me. I, yeah, uh, like the guy is. He's, he's the best he, kicker I've ever. He goes seen. up there, and even if it's like it could be fifty-five plus, and you're like, he's making this kick. Yeah, and I mean, you see the difference it has in this game. Where, yeah, I mean, a fifty-two yarder for Elliott, he misses. A 55-yarder for Tucker he makes, and in a two-point game, yeah. and he <laughs> pretty significant. Him, yeah, he doesn't even make him sweat it either. He boots oh, no. it right down the middle. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, I'm watching that game with my brother, and my brother's like, they could have moved the uprights like five yards in on either side, and it still would have been good. Um, but, yeah, the Jake Elliott thing is concerning, and, and there's nothing more irritating than when kickers can't make a kick. It is infuriating. And um, it's a problem. And Jake Elliott's got to pick it up or else uh, the Eagles should be looking elsewhere. they they not necessarily saying you should cut Jake Elliott on Monday because kickers are hard to find. Uh, but um, I, I, would, I would at least do my due diligence on who's out there right now. I just thought of something terrible. What? <laughs> An Eagles-Bears playoff game. Carson Wentz versus Nick Foles. Oh, no. We need a field goal to win it. Jake Elliott doinks it. Is Cody Parkey available, by the way? <laughs> I, I don't know if I want to go that route, but um, but that just shows you how how quickly it can go. Because you remember Alex Henry, Kyle? Oh, yeah, I remember Alex Henry. Yeah, we remember how it ended with him, but he also had like a great season yeah. early in his career. Yep. Like, and we thought, okay, well, the Eagles are set at kicker for the next decade, and then Alex Henry fell off the face of the earth. Like, I don't know if that's going to happen to Jake Elliott, but it's certainly a concern. No, we were, we were spoiled with uh, David Akers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that guy was great. Until he missed those kicks in the NFC Championship. Oh, boy. Yeah. Arizona. Well, well, of course he did. Yeah. Uh, he really blew that one. So, um, uh, Jake Elliott's a concern right now and frustrating uh, that kick he missed on Sunday. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. We'll continue talking to Eagles. Um, what are your thoughts on the game? Um, Carson Wentz's play, which was tremendous in the second half, bringing the Eagles back, um, but the ball security remains an issue, uh, and that's got to get cleaned up. And the Eagles can't make the same mistakes they make in the first half of games and put themselves in this situation where they have to dig themselves out of these holes. Uh, you got to put yourself in a better spot. 215-592-9494. When we get back, we will talk a little baseball as well. Um, let you know what today is the anniversary of and uh, tell you about a Phillies coach who is retiring that I'm not upset about this uh, development. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP.
Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly, and we play that clip because today is the 11-year anniversary of that Jimmy Rollins walk-off hit against the Dodgers, Game 4 of the 2009 NLCS. As me and Kyle both mentioned last segment, we were both at that game. Kyle, I don't know about you, I've never heard a stadium louder than <laughs> when Jimmy Rollins hit that ball. Like, yeah. Uh, it was it. You could feel Citizens Bank Park shaking um, as that play transpired. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been to like any Eagles playoff games, so that was without a doubt the most intense atmosphere that I've ever been at. Well, the the, the only one comparable to it is I was at the Eagles Vikings NFC Championship the Patrick game. Robinson the Patrick six. Robinson pick I, six. I've heard stories. Was it, it was it was similar? How loud it was at that point? Like it was like. Patrick Robinson returned that for a touchdown, and you got the feeling like right then the Eagles were yeah, just going to yeah. go and t- destroy them. That I heard you couldn't like even hear yourself think that. It was insane. But that Jimmy Rollins walk-off was similar uh, similar to it, where you know, he hits the ball, and the first thing, I, I'm sitting on down the first baseline, like on the first deck area, um, and he hits it, and you're just hoping it drops. Then it drops, and I'm like, "Oh my god, it's going the wall!" And you, and I don't think Carlos Ruiz has ever run that fast in his life. <laughs> no. I see him rounding third, and yeah. it's like, "Oh my god, he's gonna they're gonna win this game." Yeah. It was incredible. And what's so interesting about that ending is, you know, Broxton's in, and Dodgers obviously started the inning with the lead, and the whole inning got started where he got the first out. But then Stairs comes to the plate, and he wanted no part of pitching to Matt Stairs. I think walked him on four pitches, and then, you know, that got in his head. I think then he walked Ruiz, and that set up the, the game-winning hit. So what an incredible game that was. We need to get back there, and, you know, for one, obviously because you want to see the Phillies in the playoffs. But, I mean, just listening to that call, the energy from Francie, and then L.A. just like giddy in the background, just like, yes, yes. Like, I, I need that back. So 11 crazy. years ago. <laughs> it's so Make, It makes you feel old. It does. It does. Yeah, well, I was 13 at the time. Like, I, I feel old just watching, like, the TBS postgame show, and it's Jimmy Rollins and it's Pedro, you know, talking about the good old days, <laughs> yeah. you know, when they were on the 09 Phillies yeah. and making a run to the World Series. Yeah, and if you ever, like, watch old clips of, like, the parade and stuff, like, even the TV quality makes you, like, yeah. this is before uh, the the HD thing. By the way, I love Pedro on TV. He's yeah. great. He's yeah, he is fun. I, so I much like fun. Pedro, too. So, um, yeah, that was 11 years ago today. What what an incredible game. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Dave in Chestnut Hill. What's up, Dave? Morning, Tom. By the way, you do a very nice job. Thanks, but Dave. I'm going dis- to disagree with you entirely. Uh, I have a PhD in economics, so I'm a statistics nut. And if you look at the NFL kickers in the last five years, Jake Elliott is at the top five. He has not missed a PAT this year. His average over his four years with the Eagles is 84.4%, which ties him for fourth. Kickers have bad days. I think you got to give him a little more latitude. And maybe, just maybe, Tom, um, I played sports at a very high level at the U.S. amateur level in golf, and I've missed some wow. four-footers some days, and I've made some. Give Elliot a little breather. Well, that's he- the, the, well, the thing is, Dave, though, like this isn't a one-day thing. Like He has missed big kicks 
in three out of six games. Like that that that's too many. Like you, you can't think, Tom Tom, do you think for a minute maybe the offensive line, which is horrendous right now, notwithstanding the teams they are playing against, and furthermore, give the analysis of the fact that how many he missed, let's go back to two thousand eighteen. Where it was eighty three point nine percent, but that doesn't have yeah, anything to do. The, the offensive line has nothing to do with Jake Elliott kicking the ball through the uprights, so. though. It sure does. They've got to hold back the defensive line, which is putting pressure on him. Yeah, these aren't getting blocked. I mean, the, the, these balls are up in the air. He's just missing them. Well, maybe, maybe give a little attitude to him, and I'm willing to bet you dinner anywhere in the city <laughs> on my nickel that he doesn't miss two more from forty yards out the rest of the year. Have a oh. good night, Tom. All right, good I appreciate it, Dave. Uh, I will take you up on that bet, by the way. I I'll take a free dinner. You yeah. know, I, I mean, missing two more field goals. He Forty plus will. two. I mean, yeah, come on. Like, and but that's the point. Like, you look back at the percentages over the last couple of years. That's fine. I don't think kickers. You know, there are guys like Tucker who you can look at track record, but most kickers, they're they're year to year, like. Roberto Aguayo, and I'm not saying he's Roberto Aguayo, this guy was the best kicker I've ever seen in college at Florida State. The guy did not miss. He never missed. He gets to the pros, and he can't make anything. Like, from year to year with kickers, it it, it changes dramatically. I brought up the Alex Henry example um, last segment, where I think it was 2011, where he had... I think the best statistical year an Eagles kicker has ever had, maybe any rookie kicker has ever had, and then two years later, he's out of league. Like, year to year with kickers is really difficult um, to point back to uh, and say that's going to be a predictor of future success. When you mentioned Roberto Aguayo, my head just spun because I totally forgot that the Buccaneers drafted that guy in the second round. Well, you know, you know what's even more embarrassing. I thought it was a good pick. Oh my! God. I thought it was a good pick because I, I, he was the the best kicker I'd ever seen in college. Yeah. He never missed. I just I, so were you a fan of uh, the Raiders taking Sebastian Janikowski in the first one? Yeah, Seabass, um, man, come on. Of course, everybody likes a fat kicker. <laughs> you know, everybody likes a fat kicker like or fat, fat punter. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I can't believe Aguayo, Aguayo's career. It, it, what a, what a shame that was. I mean, come on, a second round. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually did like the pick, which is why I'm an idiot. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Emmanuel in South Jersey. What's up, Emmanuel? Hey, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Hey, I just want to say, man, um, I don't think we should be worrying about Jack Elliott right now. I think we should be worrying about Carson Wentz. His nope. accuracy is horrible. His play decisions is horrible. Like they need to either bench him or put somebody because he's killing us. Well, I mean, what 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 specifically did you have a problem with in this game other than the fumble, Emmanuel? The fumble, the um, when they were in the goal line, he should have gave it to the running back. It was a Open hole where no, there wasn't. There was no. If he gave it to Boston Scott, he was getting stopped on that play in the backfield too. Nah, maybe, but the way he he's just it's crazy, man. It's terrible. Every Sunday, it's like a headache. Uh, I love the Eagles to death, but it's crazy. They need to do something with him because how many times he had wide receivers open and stuff, and he's missing them, shorting them, 
talking about uh, how um, the tight end is like, well, what he needs to do to step up. Well, yeah, well, he's I'm, a quarterback. I got you, man. I'm hearing something in the background there. Guys, let you go. I mean, we might have been watching different things then. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I didn't think Carson Wentz was bad on Sunday. I thought he led a pretty amazing comeback in the second half. Um, now, if you want to complain about the turnovers, you have a point there. Like, the fumble in the first half, that cost you seven points. That can't happen. Like, he's turned the ball over 11 times in six games. That's that's too much. That That's unacceptable. And he, he has been too careless with the ball at times this year. But today is not the day to say Carson Wentz is the, the source of the Eagles' problems. And, you know, the he's holding this team back. I don't know how you can watch the second half in the fourth quarter and come up with that as your conclusion to why the Eagles lost this game. Like there are a lot of reasons they lost this game. Um, the fumble in the first half was a really bad play. It was, it was part of the, I think a critical 17 point swing. As I said, the fumble that set the Ravens up, the Sanders drop, and then the Elliott miss, uh, they were the three biggest plays in this game, in my opinion. Um, but uh, I mean, Carson Wentz, as far as, reasons the Eagles lost, I wouldn't have him uh, at the top after Sunday. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. When we get back, uh, we will continue taking your calls as we wrap up the show before we talk to Al for the Overlap Show. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.